So John uh, is just going to give us a bit of an announcement about some of the uh, Cavell Corner updates. So thanks, John.
Thanks, John. Uh, we're going to our Bible reading. Um, it's going to be a bit of a different one today, actually. Um, so it's going to be up on your screen. Um, I'm not quite sure if this is the ESV translation, but it just fitted in <laughs> so well with, um, with our uh, message today. So uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, the armour of God. Um, no, we're, not, we're going to a clip. Have we got that clip? Yep. So here we go. Uh, just follow along. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. going to be preaching on uh, the armour of God, I thought, let's bring the armour of God into the 21st century. And I thought, oh, Iron Man, that's such a cool link. And there's all these things that I'm going to talk about a bit. And I started was telling Joel about it and getting all excited. And then you always realise in ministry that you're not the first person that makes these sorts of links. <laughs> and you just have to Google it and realise that lots of people have done it and you find clips like this. Um, so we're, we're going to talk uh, uh, a bit about that. If you've got your Bibles open, you can look at Ephesians chapter 6, um, which we're going to be uh, looking at this morning uh, from verse 10 through to uh, verse 20. And um, this actually is uh, our last um, message from Ephesians. We've hit the end of Ephesians. And so this is going to be our last uh, message on uh, the book of Ephesians. So we're going to have a look at a little bit of uh, some of the journey we've travelled and uh, where we go from here. So I think we've got a slide up somewhere um, as we think about, uh, I just love, uh, I'm going to explore a little bit the, the links between sort of Iron Man suits and, um, and this passage and play out uh, the armour of God with that. So you can even already start to think in your own mind how that uh, may or may not work for you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, with, um, when we come into this armour of God uh, thing, it, it actually caught me a little bit by surprise. Uh, and for many of us as Christians, we've probably heard this passage lots and know it lots and sort of even know where it fits. But if you're a first time, if you put yourself as to a first time reader of the book of Ephesians, that we've been reading all this stuff about uh, who God is, uh, who we are because of Him, how the church works, and then you get to this last chapter and it's sort of a bit random. It's a bit out of place. He hasn't really referred to much sort of, of battle stuff anywhere else in, the, in, in the, uh, the rest of the book. 
And it sort of, for me, it caught me out a little bit by surprise. And I reckon if you're a first-time reader, it's like, what? Where's this? Where did this come from? Um, and it's almost like uh, he says there, in the, the passage starts off, you know, finally then, um, and there's, it's almost, oh, and by the way, <laughs> uh, just re- recognise uh, that you've got an enemy that's seeking to destroy you uh, as you're going to seek to live uh, this out as well. Um, and I just thought, yeah, it'd be, it, it, for, for us to think about that, how does this fit in uh, with the rest of the book of Ephesians. He has sort of alluded to it a couple of times. He talks about sort of the days of evil. Uh, he talks about powers and sort of dominions of, uh, but he doesn't really sort of unfold it as he's unpacking who God is, who the church is because of him. And then at the end, he sort of just puts this, uh, but don't forget uh, this reality. And <laughs> it's, it's a stark passage. If you, you read this and if you ponder this and you think about this, this my reality, this is a confronting passage. Because basically saying that every day that you go out into life, there is a powerful spiritual force at work seeking to bring you down and knock you off your feet and destroy you. And if you're not aware of that and if you're not prepared for that, uh, you're going to be in all sorts of trouble. This day of evil that comes, as many of us know, <laughs> it comes against us every day. It's a battle every day. And so uh, as we uh, finish up Ephesians, we think of this passage, we're going to think about how, do we, um, how does this passage apply to us as we um, think about this and try and live out uh, lives as Christians. Um, and I just wanted to spend a little bit of time first just thinking about um, knowing, uh, knowing our enemy um, he talks about uh, the enemy there um, and for us to be aware of who uh, the enemy is. And here he uses the word uh, the devil. Um, and so the devil, uh, that, that Greek word there means uh, a, a liar or a slanderer. Uh, and other passages that refer to um, uh, Satan or the devil uh, sort of has this sense that he is a deceiver and a liar. He's seeking to uh, deceive you of the truth. He's seeking to um, destroy people by uh, feeding them lies and uh, seeking, th- seeking to upend their lives uh, with untruth. Uh, just a reminder in the bigger picture of, uh, of who Satan is. Satan is um, a real being. He was created by God. He is a, an angel. The Bible sort of describes um, Satan, uh, he was an angel, and uh, he and um, other angels, fallen angels, rebelled against God, and these are the forces of evil that are present in our world. Satan is sort of a, there seems to be uh, indicated that in uh, the angelic realm, in the spiritual realm, there's um, authority, uh, sorry, hierarchy of power, and uh, Satan is a sort of a a uh, higher-end angel, and the demons that uh, follow him, are active in the world today. Uh, when we read of the story of Jesus, we see them uh, manifesting uh, in and around Jesus. Uh, we hear stories today where the reality of uh, a supernatural evil is present uh, in our world today. Um, he talks here, uh, as he talks about the, that, that, um, that Satan is at work in the heavenly realms. It's a spiritual uh, reality 
And if you think about this whole idea of uh, Satan being a liar and deceiver, uh, it's often in that spiritual uh, realm where he's seeking to lie and deceive. And I use sort of the analogy of voices in our head type thing, that Satan is actually seeking to uh, feed us lies uh, through the world, through our own thinking, through, um, through his uh, demonic uh, activity as well. And usually they come in the, in, in the uh, form of uh, temptations um, or untruths that seek to destroy your life, to unstable, what's the right word? Destabilize, thank you, destabilize your life, to knock you off your feet. That's sort of the whole language of this passage, is to knock you off your feet. And he feeds you sort of lies and untruth. Um, And so thinking about for us, uh, knowing how this enemy works, to realize uh, this enemy has uh, physical power here on this earth. Uh, as I talk about, when we look at the biblical pa- passage, we see that God uh, gives uh, Satan uh, and his uh, demons uh, uh, the ability to influence nature, um, to do uh, acts of uh, evil and pain against uh, God's people and others, to bind people. Uh, so these are realities too that we need to be aware of and confront uh, as we go through um, through life. Um, C.S. Lewis uh, has this great uh, a book called The Screwtape Letters. If you haven't read it yet, I encourage you all to read it because it gives us a great insight into um, how the demonic might work, how Satan might work to seek to deceive uh, his power. In that uh, book, he, uh, he says there's two things that we seek to do as we engage with the enemy. And that is, uh, one is uh, not to overestimate him. So remember this, Satan is nowhere near equal to God, okay? Satan is a created being. He's not everywhere present like God. He doesn't have the power like God does. He has angelic power like the angels do. He can't be everywhere in every place and those sorts of things as well. And so we, we don't overestimate his activity. I was, I was talking um, to um, natural disasters. I looked at N- Nepal uh, this week and things like that. Um, and there was uh, there's some questions about, oh, you know, is that the work of Satan and evil coming upon, you know, people that... Um, but also we, re- we put that in the context of um, the Bible where we realise that when sin entered the world, God cursed the world. And, and the Bible alludes to that the world is broken and it's not working the way it should. And so natural disasters do come upon us that are not the work of Satan. They work, they're just the brokenness of the world. They're cursed. The world is cursed. And so these things happen. But as I said before, sometimes they can be. Because Satan can interact. With, that's when, look at what happened when he interacted with Job's life. He had influence over nature and things as well. So it's this, to be aware of his uh, activity but not to overestimate his activity or neither to underestimate his activity, to write off while everything's just natural and everything's just, uh, there is no physical uh, sense of evil in our lives. And so as we go um, into life and we're engaging with the reality of evil, we're trying to do those two things, not overestimate his power and not underestimate his power as we seek to live this out uh, in our our, uh, lives. 
Oh yeah, I, uh, there was the other thing too. When I, sorry, if I go through, um, when we talk, often we talk about spiritual warfare um, and we talk about being sort of, sometimes we talk about being offensive in spiritual warfare and I think there's a need for us to do that at times, um, to pray for protection, to seek uh, God's uh, protection over us as a church or as we just even prayed for Rob and Lynette and stuff. But I was thinking about this week that as you go through the book, uh, through the Bible, um, God is more concerned about his people than he is the enemy. Okay, hear that? God is more concerned about his people and puts more of his attention on them and, how, and who they are and his love for them than he does fighting the enemy. And I just thought, oh, that's a good thing for us to think about. We need, we need to engage with the enemy and fight with the enemy. We're in that battle. But we actually probably need to be more concerned about people and God's uh, work in their life. Uh, and the effects of, um, of his love and grace in that too. And I just thought that was sort of a helpful thing to uh, put us in perspective as we wrestle through this. So um, as we look at the armour, uh, we'll go to the next slide. Um, just a reminder of what the armour is. So be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God. The armour of God is not something you produce. Okay, so it's not something that you have to conjure up uh, to, to protect yourself from the devil. Uh, the armor of God uh, is given to us by him. And so we need to take his power and put it in our lives so that we can stand against the enemy's schemes uh, in the spiritual realm. So th that is the first thing we just we need to remember. And as this passage unfolds, we will see that. Um, that we have to uh, go to God and ask God to activate his armour, to put on his armour to uh, protect us and uh, to be offensive in um, our walk and battle against the enemy. Because so often, and I know if, you, if you've been a, a Christian for any length of years, uh, you, it, the tendency is that you start to think that I have to produce this. I have to become more stronger i have to do more this i have to do that whereas what i need to do is i need to keep in step with the spirit more and understand it's god that gives me this power and strength it's god who gives me the power to resist temptation it's god who gives me the power to stand in the face of evil it's god who gives me the power to engage with physical healing or things like that not me or anything that i do Um, so, and, and the other thing too, uh, I think that's the other thing too, that this passage says a, a couple of times, put on the full armour of God. So it's not just one piece here and there, but he says, I want you to put on the full armour. We need to be fully uh, engaged with this armour. So to have a balanced idea uh, of this uh, armour and, and how that's affected in our lives. So I thought what we'll do is we'll just go through uh, quickly each element of the armour and think about how that works in our lives and what does that uh, mean uh, for us. Uh, it's not going to be exhaustive, so but we'll just skim through it. So we're going to start off with the belt of truth. Oh, we'll go to that slide. But, oh, yeah, and I've, I've tried to put the Iron Man links uh, next to it to see if it's a bit stretched at times, but it sort of gives us an idea. Uh, so um, the belt of truth, um, which Chetty so beautifully wore up the front here, um, the whole idea with the Roman, um, this was sort of based on Roman uh, armour. The belt of truth was sort of uh, put on first. And the, the phrase that I often use in my head uh, with this is that it was the thing that everything else sort of hung off. 
Um, it actually, so if you have a look, I can't, might not be able to see it from back there, but it was sort of what your weapons hung off. It actually sort of held your breastplate in, in place as well. It was sort of the first thing that you put on that you sort of hung everything else off. And what is truth? Well, it's basically what Paul has said in Ephesians so far. It's the Bible. He says, this is the truth of your reality, that there is a God who created the universe and he made mankind in his image uh, and he's uh, living with him in the world, that now sin has entered the world. There is a spiritual battle that's raging. Um, but God, through uh, his love and grace, sent Jesus uh, to die for his people so that whoever would believe in him would not die but have eternal life. And that truth is what we put around our way. That's what everything hangs off, who God is and who we are because of him. That changes the way we think about this belt of truth changes the way we think about everything in life. I was thinking of uh, Iron Man's arc reactor. That's what it's called, isn't it? Arc reactor, yeah. Um, that's the, the, the core thing that gives him his whole suit the power to do what it does. And it's, it's that, that truth of who God is and who you are because of him that enables you to live out the reality of this armour. The truth of who God is, who you are, gives you a different perspective on life. So when hardship comes your way, you remember that God will never leave you or forsake you. That's the truth. That's what he's promised. And Satan will come in and he will seek to deceive you of the truth. That's why we need to go back to the Bible again. Because what, what he will he do? Satan will come in and he will start to distort your view of who God is. He will start to distort your view of who you are. So he'll say, oh, God doesn't like you. You are too sinful. You, are, you keep doing all the stuff that you say you never do, uh, you're not going to do. You keep telling you you're going to stop, but you never stop. God actually doesn't like you. He actually, God's pretty angry with you. He, actually, God probably hates you. And so the liar and the deceiver is getting in <laughs> and he uses some of the truth and he distorts it. He says, you, you can never do anything. <laughs> he says, you know, you're hopeless. You keep falling back into the same traps or mistakes. Uh, you're never successful. You don't look good. No one really likes you. And he distorts the truth of who you are in God. That you are the dearly loved child of the Heavenly Father, created in his image, beautifully held. And remember what we talked about last week? God sees you as his bride, as a dearly loved wife, as a child. And so again, we have to come back to this truth and know it, and buckle it around ourselves, and brace everything in our lives on it. Otherwise, we're going to be knocked off our feet, and we're going to live a life of despair and hopelessness. God says, no, put the belt of truth. Remind yourself, remind each other of who he is and who you are because of him. As we go on to the uh, breastplate of righteousness, uh, we remember that that's... the. the the line that I often use to, to do this is uh, that it protects our hearts. 
and it keeps us living. I was thinking of Tony Stark. He's got this uh, arc reactor in his heart, in next to to keep the shrapnel coming out of his heart. It actually keeps him alive, doesn't it? And the breastplate of righteousness is to sort of keep our alive, ourselves alive, to protect our hearts. And I was thinking possibly sort of the idea of uh, protecting our, the emotional side of our lives as well, what we feel. And God wants to protect that against, again, the lies and the uh, deceit of uh, the enemy. And again, these sorts of things that he, he seeks to get in there uh, with us about. Um, he says, yeah, you know, you know how he plays on our emotions. How we start to feel lonely. We start to spiral into a pit of either self-pity or depression or whatever. And, and there are real things as to why they're in our lives. And then he'll just play on them and play on them and play on them. Until we forget who we are in God and we forget who God is and the love that he has for us. So we need to put this breastplate of righteousness. And what is righteousness? That we are right with God. That we can look God in the face. That we can meet with him. That we can talk to the creator of the universe. Anytime, any place. And that he loves us. He loved us enough to die for us. And I think, particularly I was thinking of the breastplate one. I was thinking of... What are the chinks in your armor? And this is for different people have this in, it, it, have in different ways. So for me, often the chink in my armor is, um, uh, is self-doubt or, or failure. And I'll, I'll spiral into this pit of um, believing untruths and lies about you know, how hopeless I am and how whatever. And, that's my and I know that I need to keep asking God to protect that part of my heart. I need his, I'm right with Christ, I am who he, he, he often chooses the weak things of the world to display his glory. And I remind myself of the truth. And so what are, what are the chinks in your armour? Is it anger? Is it pride? Is it wealth? Is it just self-image or ego? That Satan is seeking to shoot his arrow into. And again, we, what do we do? We ask God for his armor to protect our hearts as we go through life. And say, help me get through. One of my favorite sort of sayings to God at the moment is, um, or just through my life, is God, you, I know that you're the God that gets me through. No matter what comes my way, and no matter how I feel, I know that this too shall pass and you will get me through. And that I, I know his protection over me. If we go to the next one, sandals of the gospel of peace. Uh, the, other, the way I think of this is that he gives us a firm footing that we, um, on our feet, the gospel, the good news, we stand on Christ. And that's uh, the firm footing that we have uh, as we stand in the face of evil. We stand on Christ and what he has done. Uh, we stand and resist the enemy. Remember what the Bible tells us? And he will flee from us because of Christ and his victory uh, over Satan um, and uh, our sin. The other thing uh, with the gospel of the, uh, the sandals of the gospel um, is this sense that um, uh, the gospel means good news, and it's, it's actually a military term. And it's a term that um, was given to the soldier that had to run from the battlefield 
back to the city where everyone was and give them the good news of victory. And that's what the, the word gospel means. It's the one who brings good news of victory. And so we put these sandals on, we stand on Christ, but we're also the people that keep telling ourselves and each other and the world of the victory of Christ and what He has done to secure our future. And what does it say? It's the gospel of peace, isn't it? That through Christ we can have peace in our life, contentment in our life, no matter what comes our way. And we put that firm foundation that gives us a firm foothold uh, for ourselves but also as we go out into the world and satan will seek to come in and rip our sandals off or break the laces he'll start to uh, get in there and start to say things like actually uh, you need to start doing more uh, does real jesus really do everything for you that's too easy just to accept all that what have you done to make god happy this week shouldn't you be doing more of that and you need to do more of that and then you'll start to make you feel guilty because you haven't done enough and before uh, and all before you know it rather than standing on what christ has done you're starting to rely on what you've done and how much i've done how much i've prayed how many times i've been to church how many good things i've done where we realize and recognize, and I say over and over again, it doesn't matter how good you are, it doesn't matter how bad you are in terms of God's love for you. And we remind ourselves of the good news of Jesus, of his victory over sin and death. And that gives us a firm uh, foothold in our lives. Shield of faith, let's go on to that one. Uh, extinguishes the lies so sort of you can see how um, these uh, parts of the armor overlap and interact with each other uh, extinguishes the lies uh, and this is always the picture that I talk about when I preach on this ever um, I hold up oh, the shield I'll use a shield here we go I hold up the shield um, as I seek to have the truth of God extinguish the lies that are coming against me. And what I always say is on the inside of the shield are the promises of God. And so as I think about uh, what are the promises of God, I, I realize that I'm a dearly loved child of His, that nothing can separate me from His love. And, you know, neither heights nor depths, neither you know, good or uh, evil, anything in all of creation can separate me from His love. I remember, uh, you know, I'm reminded that it's the weak things that God chooses. You know, all those promises I've restarted to put, they're written here. And as, uh, as untruth comes against me, I've got to remind myself of the truth. And that is what I put my faith and trust in. That's what I begin to trust in. It's the promises of who God is and who I am because of Him. And again, that helps me to... Uh, negotiate life and do what Paul's asking here is to live this out become imitators of God I become imitators of God as I put his armor on and seek to um, uh, to uh, use that in life the other thing I thought about not so much with this one sometimes with armor we get them mixed up this is more a medieval shield than an actual Roman shield if you saw the Roman shields they're small and round and I thought about this too that they often became weapons they used uh, the shield as a weapon as well and so, therefore, um, the shield was often an offensive thing. So, um, to go against Satan and stand against him in an offensive way by reminding ourselves of who we are and who God is. So, we take on the promises in an offensive way. So, we pray protection around ourselves. As we go out in mission, we pray uh, in faith 
uh, that God will go before us uh, in these things. We use it as a weapon because we go out in faith, believing this to be true. We know who we are, that we're victors in Christ and that Satan doesn't have its power um, over us through Christ. Uh, as we go on, we'll just go on to helmet salvation. Where are we? Knowing the truth. This is the one I often, th- sort of the aspect of our lives of knowledge. Uh, what do I know? I actually need to be able to defend my faith. And under, you know, uh, Paul says in other passages, um, work out your salvation. With fear and tr- you actually have to, as you put the helmet of salvation, you need to work it out. You need to actually be able to reason out how this works. And so again, do you know how, you know, he's, he's saying take this truth and put it into your head uh, so that when anyone asks you, you are prepared to give them an answer for your faith, for your confidence, for your victory, for your peace. And that you can actually express that a bit logically in a supernatural way. And he says, I will give you that. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Remember, so it's not me studying more and working it all out and stuff like that. It's me keeping in step with the Spirit. Because remember what it says, the Spirit will give us words and expressions that we never would have come up with ourselves. So we keep in step with the Spirit as we read this, as we study this, and as we uh, know it, um, it, begins, it begins to work out through us as the Spirit uh, works in this and convicts us um, with it. The other thing I thought about this is Satan is one who, and it sort of follows on some of the things I've been saying already, loves to get in our heads and mess with our heads. Remember, liar, deceiver, accuser will get you spiraling into a place where you're thinking untruth again. And we need to put the helmet of salvation again on our heads and remind ourselves who we are, who he is, uh, and how, um, what's my current reality now in Christ. Sword of the Spirit, uh, the last one, uh, which is uh, the Word of God. Uh, and again, sort of again going over it, we need to know this. Think about when Jesus encountered Satan, when he was tempted for 40 days. Uh, each of Jesus' responses against Satan there is with a scripture reference. He brings the scriptures to bear against uh, the enemy. And so that's where Jesus again says, or God asks us again, you've got to get this word into your heart. And it's not just reading and studying it, that's part of it. But we also experience the Spirit's power as this word becomes alive in us. And as we sort of, and this is the combination of physical and spiritual reality for us. As we read this and as we explore it uh, and study it and meditate on it, it becomes part of who we are. And so that when we're in situations in life, what starts to happen? Scripture verses start flashing through our minds. We're speaking to someone and all of a sudden a scripture comes to us. Or God lays on us a verse for someone that you bring uh, to that person who might be suffering oppression, who might be under the attack of the enemy. And you go in with your sword of the spirit and defend that other person with the word of truth. And so this word uh, is, is not just defensive, which it can be when we're defending against lies, but it becomes offensive as we seek to bring it and minister to it to each other uh, and to ourselves. I 
was thinking about, have you been playing out the, um, the Iron Man suit thing? <laughs> and just how that sort of plays out with this sort of stuff? And I was thinking about too, like how Tony Stark, he's in the suit and just how uh, he's constantly talking to Jarvis. And Jarvis is actually the, the one that controls the whole suit. And it's powered by this arc. It's got nothing to do with Tony Stark. He's just surrounded by it and he's just using it. And so the, the armor of God's the same way. It's powered by God and we need to be in communication with God as this armor activates itself in the way that we live life. And as Paul wraps up this uh, passage, uh, we'll say this, go to the next slide, yeah. Pray, pray, pray. Actually, there's four prays. If you have a look at the last 17, verses 17, 18, 19, and 20, as he wraps up, this is, he says, um, finished all the, the elements of the armor, and then he says, and pray in the Spirit. So it's, it's the Holy Spirit that works in us uh, on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that I open my mouth um, that I'll make things fearlessly know. Uh, keep praying for me that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. What's the key to all of this? Prayer. Just says pray, 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 pray. How do you activate this stuff? How do you keep? Is that you keep living the reality. What's the reality? There is a God who is the creator of the universe who loves you so much that uh, he made it possible for his spirit now to come and live in you. And what did we hear at the beginning of Ephesians? That is the spirit, uh, that is the power that raised Christ from the dead. That is your power. It is uh, activated in you as you keep in touch with him and saying, God, I need a bit of breastplate uh, action and protection here. I need that verse of scripture for that person. Um, so just like Tony Stark is saying, Jarvis, tell us what, whatever, and he, he speaks it back into, his li into our lives. And he keeps saying, you've got to have this constant connection. And th don't be, because you have the relationship with Christ, you have his power, you have the connection. Now as you live life, live it out. Live out this reality. This is your reality now. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ to be able to live this out. Are you living it out? And what's the context by which we live this out? It's when life sucks. It's when people get cancer. It's when people get depression. It's when family members die. It's when earthquakes come. It's when uh, Satan seeks to say this, that this is not controlled by God, that he doesn't have the power over it. That's the stuff when we need this activated so that we can actually live out this reality and display his glory to the world. And I like where he finishes off. So he says, pray, and then he says, pray for all the saints. This is where you've got to pray for each other. And this has been the theme right the way through Ephesians. This is not just written to you as an individual. This letter is for you, the church. This armor is for you, the church, not just you as individuals. Are you praying for protection for each other? Are you praying for the scripture to come upon you know, and be at that weapon? Are you praying for the gospel to be working through the, the feet of those around us uh, collectively and, and individually? So I encourage you, and the encouragement that Paul says is pray for each other, pray for every saint, that they may know the active power of this armour as they seek to live this out uh, in this life that is a battle and that you have an enemy that is seeking to knock you off your feet 
and destroy you. Live in this reality and you will get through. And you will know peace and joy and contentment in every situation. And you do that collectively and individually. So as we wrap up Ephesians, I keep going back to it. Ephesians, we remember who God is. You've got to know who God is. So we read, we know who He is. And I won't go over it again. We know who, who we are because of Him. You have every spiritual blessing. You have the, the, the creator of the universe that lives within you to be able to actually live out this reality. When you engage in your jobs this week, when you engage in your schools this week, when you talk to know who you are in Christ and that you need to live out this reality and be mindful of the one who is seeking to distort truth and reality and that we need to encourage one another as we do this. We do it collectively uh, as Christ's body. Because it's that truth that will help us negotiate and stand in the battle of life. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have your armor on us. Lord, I thank you that your power has been unleashed on your church and on us, your people. I thank you that I can put the belt of truth on again today and are reminded that there is a creator God that has made me in his image, that there is a creator God that has made a people, a loving family community that I'm part of. I thank you, Father God, that you protect my heart and that when untruth and self-doubt and fear of failure comes my way, that you protect me. I thank you that you protect us as your church and that you love us and you want what's best for us and you want us to shine with your glory. Lord, help us to realize the power of your righteousness that redefines who we are in you. Father God, I thank you for the gospel of truth of who Jesus is and who we are now because of him. We thank you that we have the knowledge of Jesus and what he did and what he achieved and the victory he won and that this is good news. Will you keep that resonating in our lives and hearts this week, the victory of Christ. Father God, I thank you that you give us uh, the helmet of salvation, that you have revealed truth to us um, through your word, that you have reminded us that though we were sinners, that you saved us, that though we rebelled against you, you loved us. I thank you that there is now nothing that separates me from you and that today we can sit here and talk to the creator of the universe and that you hear us, you interact with us and you respond to us. I just thank you for that. I thank you for the shield of faith that you continue to remind us of the promises and that those promises can be fully trusted. 
And those promises will always extinguish the lies and untruth of the enemy. Lord, help me to continue to have that shield of faith in front of me. To use it defensively and offensively (laughs) as we negotiate life. We thank you, Father God, for a weapon that is powerful beyond all compare. The Word, the Bible, empowered by your Spirit that can transform lives, change realities, unleash unbelievable transformation. (laughs) And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to use your Word again offensively and defensively for the glory of your name, for the good of your church, and for the extension of your kingdom. And we thank you that this has been empowered and is our reality through Jesus Christ and your love for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're now going to uh, sing a song. Um, which is called The Stand. And as we sing this song, and as we, um, I suppose, go out to battle, you know, as we started our service, uh, uh, you know, we're in the army. uh, uh, What is it? I'm in the Lord's army. We're an army together, and the army sings songs together, and they're songs of victory. And why do they sing them? They remind themselves of their reality of who their king is and who they're serving and who they are. And so as we uh, stand up and as we resist the devil, we worship God for who he is. So let's stand and sing together and glorify him in this song.